Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I promise not to cry this episode, y'all. I saw somebody on Twitter being like, Demetria Lucas is wearing me out with all this crying in the episodes. My bad. My bad. I'm going through a big life transition. It's a little emotional. And y'all know that I like to cry. It makes me feel alive. Like I'm in touch with my emotions. Like I'm feeling things. I think it's very good and healthy. Everybody ain't comfortable with it though. And that's fine. All is well in Ghana. My house is mostly together. We got the internet situation secured for the most part. The electricity situation. I check it every day to make sure it doesn't run out because I'm hyper paranoid. I refuse to be sitting up in here in the dark. Because my electricity ran out? Absolutely not. Every morning, it's the first thing I do when I leave my room. I walk through the living room, cut on the air conditioning, and then I go out into the hallway and check the electricity. I'm hyper paranoid that way. Did I tell y'all that? That when I moved into the apartment, my landlady had stripped the beds. And for good reason. I had asked the size of the mattresses because I wanted to bring my own bed linens. I did tell y'all that because I like white sheets, but it took me forever and a day to just get like the other basics of my life set up and to get over jet lag to go to the store and 
be able to get my bed linens, um, towels. I ain't had no hand towels, bar glasses, like the little short ones so I can have my juice out of. I don't need a big glass to drink my juice out of, but just a few creature comforts to make my house feel like a home. I bought a piece of art. There's art on the walls here that is very beautiful. My landlord's sister is an interior designer. I think I told y'all that when I stayed here before, but my landlord's sister is an interior designer who worked on Black is King. She has a beautiful eye. Like the way this apartment is pulled together um, is really good. She also designed some of the furniture. It's a very well-appointed apartment. I just had to get like a few touches in here so I could feel like it was home. I don't know, myself. So now that it is, I feel like myself again. I just, I needed to just adjust to my new landscape and literally figure out the lay of the land of where I'm living right now, or at least the neighborhood that I'm in. So on that front, I'm good. Davida is in town. She's hosting a trip for KLA Goes to Ghana. This is a Davida trip. I'm not hosting this one. But the travelers got in yesterday and she had an opening dinner last night. So I swung by to see her and her sister, Mika, our sister, at dinner last night. They had a dinner party at East End Bistro, which if you listen to the podcast or you read Dear Mom, I used to talk about this pesto pasta they have that like is it's like crack. Like it's so good. I had two servings of it yesterday, which I had no business doing. But I also walked two miles yesterday. I got my steps in so I didn't feel bad. And I ate really good the rest of the day. I told y'all that my mom taught me how to make a whole fish. And so I made a whole fish yesterday for the first time in my entire black life. And I made rice, which I was really, really proud of myself for. Of all the things I've accomplished in like the last month or so, making that damn fish, primo. It's the little things. You will also be very proud to know, I got to post a picture of this too. You know, I only do white or nude nails. My nails are always either white or nude, or clear. I might have tried gold one time, and I was like, mm, that's too much color. But I tried something different. I actually got my nails done, and they're black, white, and <coughs> nude. This is my version of adventurous. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone. I didn't move all the way to Africa to do all the same things that I've always done. I'm clearly in an adventurous phase of my life where I want to try new things. So yeah, Cooking a whole fish and getting my nails done with actual colors, if you consider white and black colors. One would say they're both the absence of color. That's not the point. The point is they're just not playing white anymore. That's the point that I'm making. We went out last night after dinner. One of DeVita's friends owns a club called Bloom Bar, and we had dinner with him the night before. And he told us that tonight was trap karaoke. Apparently, there's a woman from Atlanta who lives in Ghana who goes to trap karaoke every week and she keeps winning. <laughs> it's not the point. The point is, last night, me, Davida, Mika, and a bunch of travelers from the group, not everybody, because some folks were like, I don't understand how y'all are going out. Like, we just flew from literally another continent this morning. Y'all still going? But we went to trap karaoke last night and I knew before we got there if Davida performed, I knew what song she was going to do. She's obsessed with Dreams and Nightmares, that Meek Mill song. And Ghana in general is obsessed with that song. Over Christmas, every single time I went out, that song was played. And every time Davida heard it, she was transported to the trap that she never grew up in. But last night, Davida did as expected and performed Dreams and Nightmares. People like what they like. And there's video. I got to get Davida's permission to post it. But your girl... Your girl thinks she grew up in the trap. It's hilarious. But it was good times. 
Someone asked the other day if I still speak to him. Yes. I talk to him every day, at least once. When I was in LA, I was three hours behind him. And now I'm three hours ahead. We just, you know, adjust. I still have to remember to turn my ringer off at night. He'll call me in the middle of the night and leave me voicemail messages to hear when I wake up. He still does it. He just records them before he goes to bed as opposed to doing it when he wakes up. So same difference. Um, but yeah, like he's, he's good. We're adjusting. He, he is trying to figure out dates to get to Ghana. And all his friends are like, oh, you going? I'm coming with you. I'm like, tell them niggas ain't staying in my house. <laughs> you can stay. Tell your boys they book in a hotel. But I love that people are, are like really enthusiastic about Ghana and trying to get here. I'm learning so much so fast. I feel like I'm in a, I was about to say, I feel like I'm in an immersion course, but that's exactly what it is. Last night, Thursday, I was asking my friend if she was going to the Charlie Wote Festival this weekend. It's a big art festival. It's kind of like Atlantic Antic in Brooklyn when it was popping. Last time I went to Atlantic Antic, it, it wasn't really that good. But when it used to be good and it was everyone and their mother outside, it's like that. Except add like another mile to the festivities and like, I don't know, another 50,000 people. Until I went to Afrotella, I had never seen that many black people in one place in my entire black life. I was like, this is a whole bunch of black people. Good times. Lots of really good performance art. Lots of street murals. Artists from all over the continent. All over the world, in fact, come for Chale Wote. But I was asking my friend what time she was going to Chale Wote tomorrow. And she was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to go. I have to go to a one week that's in the middle of the day. And I was like, I'm sorry? And she was like, a one week. So she was explaining that when someone passes away, the week after they pass, there is a ceremony. I think it's something similar to how in Jewish culture, the family sits Shiva. There's a one week to acknowledge the death and to see the family, take gifts for the family, take money for the family. And I was like, wait, wait, at one week, that's not the funeral? And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. The funeral can be um, any time. And I was like, well, when you say any time, what do you mean? She said, it could be a month. It could be five months. It could be a year. It could be five years. I said, no, 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 no. Because at home, if the body is out for a week, people be like, ooh, they keeping that body out a long time. We'd be like, ooh, he's still out? You got to be buried in under a week. You got to get that body in the ground. So wait, like, okay, so the one week, where is the body? And they were like, oh, at the morgue. It's in the freezer. I said, ooh, 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 ooh. Like, you're saying months or a year in some case. And they were like, yeah. They were like, funerals are, are full-on ceremonies. Your funeral is, is an event. What? It is a planned event. Somebody passes and then seven days later you bury it. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can't plan a proper event in seven days. You don't have the money to plan an event in seven days. My friend said people take out loans for funerals. And I was like, well, yeah, that happens. Like, you know, you see people on GoFundMe. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like, there are proper, like, loans specifically for a burial. And I was like, oh, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's an event. Like, you hire a host. The family has to get together and, you know, they have to have matching outfits. Like, you're not just talking about, like, the immediate family in the household. But she was like, people who live abroad have to come home. Like, you can't do that on a drop of a dime. Like, people need time to plan the event, one, and then get everybody, send out the invites. 
And I was like, you, you send out invites? You don't just call people and say, hey? And she was like, no, 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 no. No, you send out invites. Like you send for a wedding. You send those out for a funeral. She was explaining to me that there are disputes. I mean, and there's always disputes when it comes to funerals. And I was like, that's, that's just people. But sometimes that's, that can be the holdup. Like even if, they're, even if the money is available and the planning doesn't take as much time, sometimes there can be disputes about who has the right to say what about, about the family member. She was like, that can hold up a funeral for years. What? So there's the one week, there's the, there's the actual funeral, which can take place at, at any time. And then there's also a one year to celebrate the life of the person that passes. And I was like, oh, okay. So like one week and then the funeral, the traditional funeral that I'm accustomed with. And she was like, you're not accustomed. She was like, erase everything that you thought about what a funeral looks like in America. no, you're not accustomed to that. We got to get you to a funeral. So the one week, the funeral, and then the one year. I was like, okay, so like three events for one passing. I was like, okay, okay. And she was like, no, 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 no. The one year is every year going forward. The death anniversary going forward, there is a celebration of the one year forever forth. That's that's nonstop celebrations because people die every day, B. And she was like, yeah, that's why people are constantly going to funerals or one years. Like there's always something. There's always an event. And I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Before I say what I'm about to say, I don't want to kill nobody off. I want everyone to live a long and prosperous life. But I really do want to go to one of these funerals. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. 
I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. In other news, we have some very good black news this week. Tevin Campbell has come out of the closet, sort of. He told People Magazine that he is indeed a gay American. Now, I say sort of because Tevin Campbell is, I think he said he was 45. And he says that he told his friends and family that he was gay back when he was 19 or 20. So the people that really matter to him, he told over half a lifetime ago. He didn't tell us. Well, really because it's none of our business. He didn't have to tell us today. But thank you for sharing your truth. Also, we've been known. We've been known. We love you just the same. As long as you can hit your notes, that's the only thing we care about. If Tevin Campbell would like to come out with another album, I would like to hear it. But the interview he did with People, he did it on, um, oh, my friend Janine Rubenstein. She's the best. But she did this interview for her People Everyday podcast. And he talked about a lot of things. It wasn't just him coming out. He talks about being a former child star and how he was dubbed the next Michael Jackson because of his vocals. He has a beautiful voice. Can he still sing? Every, can he still sing? I haven't heard him sing in years. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt he can still sing. But he says being compared to Michael Jackson was, quote, a big compliment. But also, quote, I just kind of wanted to be me, you know. But instead, he was packaged as a young heterosexual heartthrob. Oh, dear. On the episode, he told Janine that Can We Talk was originally supposed to be for Usher, which I actually could see Usher singing, especially at that age. But Tevin Campbell did it perfect. He says, I didn't try to hide anything. I didn't try to act a certain way. But he also notes that that era in music, quote, you just couldn't be gay back then. He says some of the best times of his life were being on Broadway. He was in Hairspray for six years and starting in 2004. How did I not know that Tevin Campbell was on Broadway? But he said being around people who were like me, LGBTQ plus, that were living normal lives and had partners. I had never seen that. As for coming out, he kept it a buck. He said, quote, I love my fans, but what they think about my sexuality is of no importance to me. Good. That's how it should be. I thank him for trusting us with his truth because he didn't have to. I've seen a lot of people talking about his most recent revelation. I haven't seen one person that was shocked. Everyone's like, yeah, we've been known. We was waiting for you to either figure it out or to tell us. But good for you. Good for you. I like Tevin Campbell. He's very unproblematic. In other good black news, LeBron James, he just inked a new deal with the Lakers for $97.1 million American USD dollars and dineros for a two-year deal. This man about to make in two years more than I will ever see in my whole lifetime. I'm reading this on CNBC. The 37-year-old NBA veteran is extending his stay in Los Angeles. ESPN reported that the deal solidifies James as the highest earning player in NBA history with 532 million USD dollars and dineros in guaranteed money during his career. God damn. LeBron's goal is to stay in the NBA until his oldest son, Bronny, is eligible for the draft and then he wants to go to whatever team Bronny is playing on so they can do so they can play as father and son I think he said for a year 
I think that's really cute. He's so very proud of his son, as he should be. Um, there was some, uh, there was something else that was good black news. Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell received an honorary doctorate. Let me see if I can find that post. I'm reading this on Harper's Bazaar. It says Naomi Campbell has officially earned her doctorate. The University for the Creative Arts awarded the supermodel with an honorary doctorate that recognized her decade-spanning impact on the fashion world. She accepted the honor on stage during a graduation ceremony at the Royal Festival Hall where she gave an emotional speech to graduates. Uh, Bazaar notes that in her thank yous, she gave a shout out to her mom and her baby daughter. Have we seen the baby's face? I want to say there was a magazine shoot where she was holding the baby. But did we see the baby's face? This is so cute. There's pictures of her wiping her eyes because she's crying. And there's another picture of her outside the ceremony throwing up her cap. If I recall, Naomi did not go to college. She just went straight into modeling. She's clearly done well for herself. Oh, now there's a picture of her and her mom. You should go. You should definitely go look at this on Harper's Bazaar. The pictures are great. Her mom looks freaking amazing. Naomi looks freaking amazing. If I didn't say that, her outfit's a little. Harper's Bazaar refers to it as a pantsuit. It's a pair of pants. That's a whole entire jumpsuit. So picture a pair of pants like pulled up above your boobs and it looks like a, a strapless pants romper. It's a really interesting look. I don't love it. I don't hate it. But it looks it looks like something a toddler would wear. But it's Naomi Campbell. So like she makes it work. And it's Burberry. I'm not one of those people that thinks because you put a label on it, it makes it cute. But it works. For her. Don't you try this at home. What else is going on? Kid Cudi is on the cover of Esquire. Now, in a picture on the cover, he has his clothing on. There's a picture inside where he is butt naked with a Dior sock over his penis. It's a long sock. We're not going to talk about that just yet. We have other things to talk about. There's a lot of penis on the internet right now. Safari, who's been dick fishing us. We're not talking about that yet. We're going to get to that in a second. I want to talk about the Rolex minister. These prosperity preachers... We need to talk about the BK minister too. My friend's (laughs) ex-husband. You see this story about there was a minister. I don't know where he lives. Hold on. I'm pulling up right now. I'm sorry. It was a Mabato watch. So the minister, pastor, Kansas City pastor, a video has been circulating online where he called his congregation poor, broke, busted, and disgusted for not honoring him with a Mabato watch. That he asked for years ago. Is that what pastors are doing? They're asking their congregation for luxury items? According to this story on the YBF, Movado watches range from $395 to over $3,000. And they have the whole quote that he said to the congregation. He said to them, see, that's how I know you're still poor, broke, busted, and disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. I'm not worth your McDonald's money. I'm not worth your Red Lobster money. I ain't worth your St. John Knits. Y'all can't afford it no how. He added, I ain't worth your Louis Vuitton. I ain't worth your Prada. I'm not worth your Gucci. He says, you could buy a Movado at Sam's Club. And you know I asked for one last year. And here it is all the way in August and I still ain't got it. He said, let me kick down the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. Sir, sir, if you got to ask people if you worth it, 
because they you asked them for it for a year ago and they ain't do it. You already got your answer, sir. Maybe they know that you're a crook, which I don't understand why they're still showing up to see you. But at least they have enough sense not to give a trifling pass to their hard-earned money. They ain't all lost. So he does this video. It does go viral. People dragged him as they should. He issued an apology. He says that the video clip, that's the part I just read to you, does not reflect my heart or my sentiment toward God's people. Then what does it reflect, sir? Because the words did come out of your mouth. It's not like he misspoke in a sentence and it was taken out of context and it had to be cleaned up. Like he went on for a little bit. He's mad at their Red Lobster money, their McDonald's money. Why do you have Louis Vuitton, but I don't have my Mabato? Sir, why didn't you just buy it yourself? Can you not afford it? So then you don't need it. It's not like we're talking about food, shelter, clothing. You want a Mabato watch so you can stunt. And there's nothing wrong with stunting. I believe in it. I also pay for it myself. I don't, I don't run around asking people for their Red Lobster and McDonald's money so I can stunt. If there is a luxury item that you want that you cannot afford, sir, you need to go to work. This is not like you can't pay your energy bill, like you can't pay water, the mortgage on your home because it's in foreclosure because you just got caught up with some bills on the back end. You had an illness, a family death, something that keeps you from meeting your obligations. You just want a Movado watch so you can stunt on the people that you're currently in the pulpit talking shit about. Nigga. He added, I offer this sincere apology to you today. No context could erase the words I used. I apologize to all the people that have been hurt or angered or any way damaged by my words. For those who know and love me, thank you for your support. For those who now know me because of this video clip, I regret that your first impression of me is one of anger, hate, and resentment. Pastors are trying it right now. Juanita Bynum, a name I haven't heard in forever, she went viral this week. She, she had a sermon. She said, you can't listen to secular music and be saved. Okay. I feel like pastors just do shit to go viral. I mean, it's not like the BK pastor was the first one. No one knew his name or face a month ago. Now he's like, I don't know, almost like a reality TV figure, which I swear that's what he's aiming for. I swear like he's doing all this to get a TV show because I can't imagine why else like, he would keep up this nonsense. He went at D.L. Hughley earlier this week. I haven't seen, I don't know if the interview has aired. He did an interview with D.L. Hughley that, to my knowledge, has not aired. I've seen nothing about the interview. But after the interview happened, the Brooklyn Bishop got on social media and said D.L. Hughley ambushed him and was very hostile towards him. He said he has no issue with D.L. Hughley, but clearly D.L. Hughley has issue with him. And he was like, you know how we could resolve this? A boxing match. I was like, what? People kept sending me the video because I talked so much about the Brooklyn pastor. And they were like, here go your boy again. Uh-uh. 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 I don't claim him. I know him. I don't claim him. But Bishop Sir did get on Al Green's internet. And he said about D.L. Hughley, he said, I will knock him out. Did he say in Jesus' name? <laughs> I just want to absolutely get this quote right. He said, um... I, I challenge you in the boxing ring. Right, tough guy? I don't want to hear you don't box because your mouth is big. Let's, he said, I don't want to hear you don't box because your mouth is big. Let's get in the ring. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to knock you out in the name of Jesus. Sir, sir, sir. This video was posted on the shade room. D.O. Hughley came in the comments and he said this. He put a ninja emoji. We know what that means. Spitting. 
Nah, for real. He's spitting all over the screen. Oh, suffering sucker tash head ass. What pastor you know can put up a million dollars right now? Reading from the book of scamulations. <laughs> Hashtag beware of false prophets. Suffering sucker tash was the best you could do, D.O. Hughley. And he wrote that. It wasn't like it was off the dome. Like he, he actually wrote that out. Oh, suffering sucker tash head ass. He got a point though on the pastor that can put up a million dollars. Did I read that part? He said, I'll put up a million. Me and my team will put up a million dollars right now. Sir, sir, according to, according to court documents, you have much debt. You have a debt on many properties. You're being sued for non-payment and to the tune of a few hundred thousand dollars by multiple entities. Sir, if you got a million dollars on hand, don't bet it on D.O. Hughley. Pay your debts. This is some wild shit. I will give this man credit, though. His name has been in the news every week since the alleged robbery of his church. People can identify him on site. He has quotables. He's on the shade room. I'm reading this story on Complex. I could have read it on BET, Atlanta, Black Star, Hot New Hip Hop. Hold on. I'm going to just type his name in. Real, I'm going to type his name in to Google and see what comes up. Lamar Whitehead. There are articles about him in Complex, the New York Times, New York Daily News, New York Post, Daily Mail, that's the UK, CBS News, Gothamist, Page Two, Black Enterprise, BET, NPR, AllHipHop.com, ABC7 New York, the local ABC affiliate back in Maryland was not listed, but I saw him there too. The man is everywhere. If he's not trying to get a reality show, I'm like, what are you doing all this for? Look, I don't particularly agree with what he's doing, but sir, if this is what you choose to do, what is the point of sale? Because you got debt. You, you, you got to be trying to raise money in some way, somehow to pay off your debt. I would think that's just me though. Please don't, please don't be out here being this level of famous for no damn reason. Please have a reason. Otherwise, what are we here and why are we doing? Come now. I want to do a follow-up story about the young lady in California, the nurse that went barreling through an intersection and caused that horrific accident that killed five or six people, injured a bunch more. I'm very fascinated with this very tragic story. We've talked about it previously, but I want to keep an eye on it. Especially, I read, I want to say it was in the Daily Mail. They did a really long story about the woman. Nicole Linton is her name. People have been posting about the story on Facebook, and a couple people in D.C. are like, I know her. Apparently, she used to live in D.C., a friend of mine went to Howard and was like, yeah, she went to Howard with me. And I was like, did she? But there's a story in the Los Angeles Times from just a couple days ago. The Times notes that Linton was suffering from worsening mental health issues, had hurt herself before, and had been involuntarily committed for psychiatric treatment multiple times. The L.A. County Deputy District Attorney, Brittany Vinoy is her name. She said, quote, the defense has disclosed a number of prior incidents which appear to be increasing in severity, ranging from the defendant jumping on police cars to jumping out of apartment windows. The defense indicates that she's been subject to involuntary commitments on several occasions and has hurt herself more than once. There's been a rumor circulating that Linton had been involved in 13 other crashes before this fatal one. The lawyer notes that that's not true, the lawyer notes that it is false. Linton is currently in jail. Her defense team is trying to get her out on bail, which so far hasn't happened. 
Um, if you don't remember the details of her charges, she's currently charged with six counts of murder and five counts of and five counts of manslaughter. She is accused of driving her Mercedes Benz around 90 miles per hour and barreling into numerous cars, setting them on fire. LA Times notes five people died, including a pregnant woman. The Daily Beast had some more details about this story. And um, actually, they're quoting from the Daily Mail interview, but they're more concise. You know, the Daily Mail just likes to go on and on and on with every bit of tea that they can find. The Daily Beast notes that Linton had struggled after her Olympian boyfriend passed away in 2017. They note that she had a, quote, profound history with mental illness and was known among friends for threatening suicide after bad breakups. But they said her low point was after Jermaine Mason. He was an Olympic silver medalist who she planned to marry. He died in a tragic motorcycle accident in Jamaica. And now I'm on the Daily Mail site. The Daily Mail will give you some tea, but they give you so much. It's hard to wade through it. The Daily Mail does note this. And this is part of one. And this is one of the reasons I've been interested in this story. I want to I want to know what happened, the why. Not so long after the accident or perhaps when she intentionally ran her car at top speed into an intersection. I'm not sure it was an accident, to be quite honest. One of her, one of Linton's friends did an interview, um, and I saw the interview, and said that she had gone to a day party and had been drinking, and she was drunk when she ran through the light. That's why she was driving so fast. That's why she ran through the light. Authorities, and this is on dailymail.co.uk, have since said that authorities have found no evidence of alcohol or drugs in Linton's system. But she had reportedly argued with her boyfriend before getting into her black Mercedes Benz and tearing through that busy intersection. One of the friends did an interview. One of her friends, actually, and I shouldn't say it's a friend. It says a, a source close to Linton. They gave an interview to the Daily Mail and they said, quote, when I saw what had happened in L.A., the first thing that went through my mind was that she had argued with her boyfriend and was drunk and trying to commit suicide. I don't think any of my friends would make that assumption about me. She must have a history of either heavy drinking or suicide attempts um, for her friends to conclude that. I swear, if I do some crazy shit, can y'all manage not to speak to the press about me? If you're not going to say nothing nice, the people at the strip club were like she was a sweet girl. Somebody named Mike Diaz who worked at the strip club, he was like, this story turned out to be our Nicole from Sin City Days. Everyone who worked with her knows her as a pretty sweet, nice girl. I'm so sorry for her and especially sorry for everyone involved. Don't say nothing more than that. If I go do some crazy shit, that's, that's the quote I want y'all to give. She was a sweet girl. Everyone liked her. I'm so sorry to hear what happened. If, I, if there are victims involved, God willing, that won't be the case. If there's victims involved, pray for them. Pray for me. Show sympathy for everybody. But don't go throw me under the bus like this next friend. Friend, in quotes. This person said, quote, she was wild. It was a wild cycle of partying and drinking and going out. That whole club world. Can y'all let me be? They said Nicole could be very high and she could be very low. And looking back, I think a lot of her behaviors were excused because she was nice. But I'm pretty sure she was bipolar. She could be snappy, snappy, snappy. And I witnessed her lash out aggressively at guys on occasion. That pause, because this describes somebody that I know, not Nicole, but it describes somebody that I know. And I was like, oh, shit, 
Do we need to watch her more closely? If we, if we do, I won't be talking to journalists about it. Ah. Another quote-unquote former friend spoke to the Daily Mail. They said Nicole had a process of unraveling. She was never able to stem, despite repeated efforts to get her life on track. Her unhealthy relationship with alcohol didn't help. They said, quote, she was the bad one in the family, and she felt the pressure to prove herself to her parents, who were very nice and scholarly. She didn't come from poverty. She had a supportive family, and one of her sisters was also a nurse. Damn near everybody who knows her says they saw some mental health issues. If you have a friend who displays like a lot of mental health issues, it could be helpful to, you know, suggest to them that they get help. I know some people don't want help, but like before something tragic like this happens, the Daily Mail has a picture of Nicole sitting on the curb after the accident. She has no shoes on. She's crying. One of the witnesses took the picture. They said Linton only appeared to suffer minor injuries in the horrible crash. I don't know how that's possible. Because I think her, her car is the one that's like the whole front is smashed out. It wasn't her time. But God, I don't know what life she has left from now. She's going to be in jail forever or a mental institution. People who knew her went on to say she would be hot and cold, high and low. And she spoke about killing herself more than once when she had been in some sort of argument with a guy. I think guys can be very triggering for some people. And Nicole was one of those people. The guy she used to work for, the Diaz guy who said really nice things about her. He referred to the whole incident as, quote, a Shakespearean tragedy. He said, what is so disturbing to me is that there's no effort to slow down at all. It seems to be a deliberate and failed attempt to destroy herself. And instead, she somehow survives and destroys so much else. This whole thing is so sad. I mean, for obvious reasons, this woman has been pretty much villainized and perhaps rightfully so. But it also sounds like she just she needed a lot of help that she just didn't get. That's sad. Sad for everyone involved. Kid Cudi is on the current issue of Esquire, September issue. The September issues are always the big, big covers in magazine world. The story was written by Clover Hope. She's an amazing writer. I've known Clover forever and a day, over 10 years. She's also an author. I think we talked about her book when it came out. She did a book on women and hip hop. But just Google her name and the book will come up. She also wrote it was a Beyonce cover story for Vogue. I think it's the one where she had on the white dress with the flowers in her hair. But it was Beyonce's As Told to Clover Hope. She also worked on Black is King. When I tell you Clover Hope is that girl, Clover Hope is that girl. Love me some Clover. Clover wrote the cover story on Kid Cudi. And it's a really, really good interview. Like, I like Kid Cudi. I can't name a Kid Cudi song off the top of my head. Although I know that I know songs that are by him. I just probably don't know that they're his songs. 110%. I was reading this article and it said Kid Cudi is working on his 10th album. And I was like, I can't even name one through nine. And I like Kid Cudi, but as a personality, he's had a lot of issues over the years. Drugs, I don't know so much alcohol, a lot of mental health issues. But you'll be happy to hear that in this cover story, he says that he's in a very good place. He's in the best space of his life, which good for you. I'm glad to hear. He has this new album coming out. He has a new show, a cartoon called Intergalactic, E-N-T-E-R. I also think that's the name. Is that also the name of the album? I had the article pulled up in front of me. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a new show on Netflix, not Hulu. Okay, the new album is called Intergalactic. And 
the animated Netflix series is also called Intergalactic. Great branding. He's also going on tour. Um, he's also going on tour for the album. I read this whole article earlier today. I'm scrolling through as we speak. A lot of it is insider cootie stuff. If you follow him very closely, these may be things that you're very, very interested in. I read through it because I'll be honest. I read it because Clover wrote it. Otherwise, I would have just looked at the pretty pictures. One of them, we talked about this earlier. It's very pretty. It's, um, <laughs> I've never looked at Kid Cudi as a sex symbol. And even in this picture, I don't. He is, is butt naked except for a Jesus piece in which he has a black Jesus with a crown of diamond thorns. And the hair does look like locks. Lamb's wool could lock. He has a nipple ring, which is kind of hot. A very toned body. He's a little narrow, but you know what they say about skinny dudes. Especially as evidenced by this sock. If you don't remember my description earlier, this man is butt-ass, butterball, naked. He is wearing an athletic sock by Dior. You know, like the ones like people's daddies wore in the 70s? Like the gym socks. Like you pull up the sock and it has like three stripes at the top, but not like Adidas stripes. Just like everything was striped back then. He has that on his penis with the Dior logo. It's a long sock. It's a wide sock. He ain't wide, but the sock is. His legs are very hairy. I wouldn't ask him to like, you know, shave or anything, but he's very hairy legs. He also apparently, uh, he shaves the upper region of his nether regions, but like the, the inside part, he, it doesn't even look like he cut it down. I'm like, sir, you, you, you could trim that. You trim the above part. You could go ahead and trim the parts on the side. I mean, technically it's a leg, but if you expect people to go down there for any sort of, uh, entertainment, It'd be nice to, you know, trim the hedges when you invite people to your yard. That's good etiquette. You don't invite people to your home and your yard is unkept. Nice tattoos, very firm body. Like he's not like super muscular or anything, but it's, it's enough. We, like he moves his body, trim waistline. He looks good. It's giving very much Dennis Rodman energy. I think that's part of the reason I can't get but so excited about it. Like he's got blonde hair here. I mean, Cuddy's a little, you know, he's unique. I went through this phase of life where like I dyed my hair. This is before like the most recent blonding. We're talking about like back in college, early years in New York. But I've gone through these phases where I dye my hair blonde and I'm just like, I don't match my clothes and all of that stuff. I'm entering that phase again right now. Like I can feel it coming. It's a feeling of freedom. It's a very genuine, I don't give a fuck. Sometimes when people see, you know, people do things that are outside of the norm they think that like, oh, something's going on with them. And it's like, no, actually, they're probably better off than you. Like, they just genuinely don't give a fuck. But just looking at him, I was like, oh, I can see this phase. I remember this phase fondly. I'm entering this phase. I'm not dyeing my hair blonde again. I might braid it some crazy color. Actually, to make that look right, I need to dye it. And I'm, I refuse to dye my hair again. Neither here nor there. Cuddy, neither here nor there. Cuddy looks great. He's got a bunch of new things on the horizon. Um, but the standout from this interview is probably his comments on Kanye West. They are currently, I don't even know if I could say at war. Kanye is pissed at Cuddy and Cuddy is just on some like, I don't fuck with you no more. If you need to put that in context, they were once like brothers. They're frequent collaborators. Cuddy has produced for him. They've been on each other's albums. And Kanye got mad at Cuddy. This is some real high school shit. Junior high school, even Kanye got mad at Cuddy because Cuddy is friends with Pete Davidson. And Pete Davidson at one point was dating 
Kanye's wife. I mean, they're separated, but they're still legally married. To this day, they're still not actually divorced. But I don't need to recap the Kanye Pete Davidson nonsense for you. I just don't care. Also, this is my complete commentary on Kim and Pete. They broke up. Okay. So now this guy that was once like a brother to Kanye, Kanye got pissed at Cuddy for being friends with Pete. He posted a picture on Instagram with some sort of like surly comment. And then a bunch of people directed their irritation. Maybe that's the right word with Cuddy onto him because Kanye's upset with him. I don't know what Kanye's fans are called. They're just as intense as the Beehive. They nuts too. But they started attacking Cuddy. And everybody knows he has mental health issues. I'm like, people do that shit and don't know and don't and take no consideration into how they're actually affecting people's real lives. So Clover, I like the way she did this interview because him talking about Kanye is probably what people are most interested in outside of like the deep Cuddy fans. So Clover could have put this very high up in the article. She actually did good. If nothing else, people are going to keep reading to see what he said about Kanye. So Clover did what journalists do. You ask the questions that people want to know. And so she asked Cuddy and she was like, hey, so like you and Kanye, like what's happening? And Cuddy at first says he hasn't processed the end of their friendship and he doesn't really want to speak about it. Clover says, cool. And then they keep speaking and Cuddy was like, so about Kanye. Oh, let me give you some more context for their most recent beef because I don't know if I described it correctly. It says in February, Kanye announced that Cuddy wasn't featured on Donda 2. And as explanation... He posted a photo in it of Cuddy posing with Pete Davidson. And Cuddy responded to that Instagram post with a tweet saying West was a dinosaur. And he added, everyone knows I've been the best thing about your album since I met you. I'm going to pray for you, brother. And then in April, Cuddy wrote on Twitter that he and Kanye were no longer friends. And this is how he explains it. He says, quote, do you know how it feels to wake up one day, look at your social media, and you're trending because somebody's talking some shit about you? And then you got this person's trolls sending you messages on Instagram and Twitter, all in your comments. That shit pissed me off. That he had the power to fuck with me that week. That he used his power to fuck with me. That pissed me off. He adds, you fucking with my mental health now, bro. He continues, I'm in a place in my life where I have zero tolerance for the wrong energies. I've watched so many people throughout the years that are close to him be burned by him and then they turn around and forgive him and there's no repercussions. You're back cool with this man. He does it over and over. He continues further. This man just wanted to talk. He was just waiting for the right person to ask him the right question the right way at the right time because he's purging. He addresses Wes directly. He says, I'm not one of your kids. I'm not Kim. It don't matter if I'm friends with Pete or not friends with Pete. None of this shit had anything to do with me. If you can't be a grown man and deal with the fact that you lost your woman, that's not my fucking problem. You need to own up to your shit like every man in this life has. I've lost women too, and I've had to own up to it. I don't need that in my life. I don't need it. Cuddy sounding like a grown Cuddy sounding like a grown ass man. Like I, I can't even be mad at this. But he's not done. Just so, so we're clear, he's not done. The party ain't over. The party ain't over. He says, quote, I just want to clear up that for anybody that feels like Kanye made my career or made me who I am, he brought me on to do 808s. 
I thought that was really fucking awesome. Kanye West did not come and pluck me out of the Applebee's or the Bape store. Clover editorializes. This is a lot of talk about Kanye for someone who didn't want to discuss him. He went on to say some more stuff addressing Kanye directly. Like it's these long paragraphs of quotes. He says, quote, what I say, I mean, I will be done with you. It's going to take a motherfucking miracle for me and that man to be friends again. I don't see it happening. He's going to have to become a monk. How much you want to bet they're going to be friends again? It's too much passionate energy. He's, he's deeply hurt by the end of the friendship. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they worked this out and became friends again. They feuded before and became friends again. Artists be sensitive and shit. Kanye and Cuddy. If it ever came out that these two had a love affair, and just based on the passionate way that Cuddy speaks about Kanye, if it came out that they had an affair at some point, it would not surprise me. Not even a little bit. I'm not saying it happened, but I'm just saying if it ever came out that it did happen, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, oh, that makes sense now. There's more penis to talk about this week. Safari. Reality TV Safari. Erica Menace Safari. I guess Erica Menace X Safari. I think they're still married, but separated or going through a divorce. Uh, Mind you, I know this and have never, ever watched an episode of Love and Hip Hop that they were on. This is all just random information I picked up, minding my business, and I just can't avoid their shenanigans. I promise you I did not go looking for anything Safari. Until this week, the only thing I knew about Safari was that he was Nicki Minaj's ex. He was on Love and Hip Hop. What I just said about him and Erica Mena. And that many years ago, a dick pic, and, and, and at the time had no reason to doubt, we believed we saw a picture of his penis. It was large, extra large, very impressive. So much so that there were rumors at the time that a, uh, a sex toy company had paid him seven figures in order to make a dildo in the mold of his penis. It was a work of art. It, it was lovely. Earlier last week, a video emerged of Safari and his new chick. The sex tape. Actually, a compilation sex tape. The previous picture we saw, I don't know if Safari, I think it was just the penis. And somebody said it was Safari's. And we just went with, oh, okay, well, it's Safari's. I don't think we actually saw his face in the same shot that we saw the penis. In this instance, it's video, and you can see the whole man with his whole face and his whole body and his whole penis. The penis that we saw, want to say 2016, is not the same penis that we're seeing in 2022. I was like, bruh, did it shrink? Or, or worse, worse, were we dickfished? I want to believe that a grown-ass man did not steal a picture of another man's penis and pass it off as his own. I want to believe that that did not happen. But looking at the video of his penis now, I was like, sir, you got to tell me about a medical condition. Like, did you have a a reduction? Like women reduce their breasts because they're heavy. I mean, like, was the weight of your penis giving you problems and you had to have it reduced? You got to tell me something else other than what you're trying to tell me now. So this, this compilation video leaked where you can see his penis up close and personal. In one of the videos, his girlfriend is performing oral sex on him. 
Well, you can see every vein in that thing. And I was like, that's not the same penis. I had to go look up the other penis because I was like, have my taste in penises changed over time? This is not exciting to me. I remember being excited by the last one. This is, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I don't, I don't want to body shame his penis. Like it's not a bad penis. It's just that we believed you was working with something else and come to find out. I just, I thought there was more of you. I'm confused. Safari said that he did not leak his own sex tape because people were accusing him of leaking the tape because he has a show coming out on some random network soon. I mean, some people will do anything for attention and to promote their own show. So it could be, I don't think he did. Safari says that the reason his penis didn't look so big in the video is he, he wasn't fully erect. But I was like, in the video, you're having sex. This woman is literally deep throating your penis. Like, can you not get it up like you used to? There's no possible way. Like the penis that's in the video would have to double in size. And it's standing up in the videos. And he's having sex. Your penis isn't fully erect and you putting it in this woman? I was like, why are you giving her mid-dick? You hear it in my voice. I'm very frustrated and angry and, and disappointed that we have been dickfished all these years. Now I want to know whose penis that was from back in the day. And did Safari take that money from the sex company? Because I was like, you took the money and that wasn't really your dick? I, I searched for it when I was researching to talk about it today. I remember there was a, um, a first look at the penis. It was marketed as a 12-inch anaconda. So there was a, um, what is it called? So there was a demo, but I can't find where it was actually ever on sale. I'm doing a quick search now. I apologize. I take it back, y'all. I take it back. I don't know what I was searching for before, but it came right up on, but it came right up on hustlerhollywood.com. It's selling for 140 USD American dollars. This is not what the current video is. Absolutely not. He dickfished us. He says he didn't, but he did. The copy for this penis reads, Doc Johnson, that's the name of the manufacturer, brings you Safari Samuels Anaconda. A quote, masterpiece for the fans. This ultra skin cock is velvety smooth and offers a dual density feel with a firm core and soft outer layer. Safari's massive beast measures, ooh, that language, massive beast. That feels very uh, racist, stereotypical. We're, we're trading in big black dick stereotypes right now. I don't, I don't like that. Ooh, that's distasteful. We'll continue. It says uh, his meats. Measures at 11.75 inches with 9.5 insertable inches and two inches of width. Enjoy its nearly 12 inches of vibrating wonders. This vibrator was molded directly from the love and hip hop star and recording artist and is an exact replica that was flawlessly made in the USA. There are customer reviews. This is the closest to perfect I've used. Firm and pliable, long and thick, soft enough to be rough. Great learning tool or prep for something even bigger. Orally, easy to enjoy. Anally, awesome to experience. A bit thicker and it would be perfect. Gave it four stars. Wasn't big enough. Okay. Another review said it's a little heavy when used with the harness. They gave it five stars anyway. It said the feel is about the closest to real I've found. 
Good reviews. I'm just trying to figure out what happened to the rest of the dick. Whose dick is this a mold of? Because it's not Safari's. Just to be fair, I'm going to read you Safari's response to being accused of dick fishing. Safari said he isn't happy about the recent video leak. I'm reading this on Bossip. And Bossip notes that, that Safari is a mainstay on OnlyFans. So this leaked tape isn't, isn't the first time that his supporters have seen his junk. Says, quote, instead of the hefty member fans are used to seeing on his OnlyFans, the assets he presented in the leaked tape were more modest, leading to allegations of dick fishing. Safari responded on Twitter. He said, y'all know damn well I wasn't hard in that video. He says, I don't need any promo to be leaking a weak half aroused sex tape. He said, quote, I'm appalled to be called a dick fisher. He says, out of everything I've been called in my life, being called that one hurts. He also went on to say, quote, I have kids and I don't want them growing up seeing that bullshit referring to the tape. He says, I'm good where I'm at in life. Why wait till now to do some shit like that? Y'all can see my meat. It happened, but I don't want nobody seeing me have sex. My mom sees everything like what the fuck. He continues, quote, I have bad friends telling me to redeem myself and make a new vid and show them what time it is on my OnlyFans. I'm like, bruh, I'm not a porn star. Girls who know me saying, ugh, he, they, they know what time it is. The rest of the world don't need to know. The internet is a wild place. I know what my eyes saw. And I also don't understand. I'm like, I mean, you saying that the women that you had sex with, you know, they were pleased and happy. I'm trying to figure out, like, how many people have you been giving, like, mid-dick to? You don't wait till it gets hard to put it in? The woman is literally deep-throating you. Like, her entire mouth is on your penis and she pulls up. Like, you still wasn't hard? Can you get hard? I mean, fully. That's the episode for this week, y'all. We'll be back next Tuesday. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you for listening to Ratchet and Respectable. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.